All right, everybody, KJ52 Podcast here. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I have been very, very slack in my podcasting. It's been a very hectic holidays. It's already February, so I can't really claim that anymore. <laughs> but I'm um, definitely back and trying to get cranking. If you are ever interested in supporting the podcast or actually getting a whole ton of free hookups, head over to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash KJ52. And be a patron. It starts as low as a dollar, goes all the way up to $52, and I have a bunch of really exclusive stuff. Definitely worth checking out. But I am here today with Steven the Intern. Hello. We're going to talk about Steven the Intern. Steven the Intern. (laughs) Um, We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. And uh, specifically, I have two things that I wanted to to talk about. Perfect. But you said you're not a sports guy. No, not really. So, what was your impression of the Super Bowl? Do you just watch it just for the the commercials? I, well, I don't even watch it for the commercials very much anymore because... You watch it for the snack food. I watch it for the snack food and fellowship. That's about <laughs> it. We had a big ping pong game at halftime. And that was my highlight. <laughs> Did anybody uh, proceed to take their shirt off like Adam Levine? Um, Joseph. <laughs> Did he look like a Chipotle bag like Adam Levine? Yeah. 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 No, no, he didn't because he doesn't have... He's tat-free? Yeah, he's tat-free. Oh, okay. Well... You know, he had the same shape of a Chipotle bag. <laughs> he's brown. He's brownish. He's kind of pale. He's from Michigan. No, no shape. Oh, no, he's shaped like a Chipotle yeah, yeah, yeah. bag. He's shaped. <laughs> shaped like a Chipotle bag. That's good. Don't tell him I said that. I won't. It's only on a podcast. Everyone can watch. So anyway, you were saying you you, you did uh, you totally didn't pay attention to the game at all. I'm no. I watched it. I watched it. It was just extremely boring. <laughs> yeah, people. I've seen people label it the sleeper bowl. Yeah, the stupid bowl. Um, and it's interesting, and I'm not trying to be contrarian, but I guess, like, for me, growing up and playing football, like, to see a defensive game, even though I played offense in high school, you know, I love to see a high-scoring, pass-happy game. Right. But, like, when you know the game, and the game is that, like, you know, low-scoring, it makes you, it made me appreciate how great the play calling is, how great the coaching is, and how great the defense is. Nobody cares about that. And I used to play I used to play with my high school coach. His favorite thing to say was, offense sells tickets, but defense wins games. You know, like, and it would just be, we would just be like, come on, man, I want to do more than run a five-yard pass. Right. But, anyway, uh, did you watch the whole game straight through? Yeah, I watched the whole game, man. Okay. So any of your takeaways? I mean, the fourth quarter got interesting. Yeah, that was about it. But the first, the first quarter was terrible, I thought, and yeah. the second quarter was also not great. I don't remember when the first field goal was. Second quarter or something. Yeah. I came home. I landed and came home. I think right around the first quarter, and walked in, and my wife was very excitedly having a Super Bowl party in my son's room. We have no TV in my house. <laughs> because my kids have broken all the television sets. <laughs> so the kids have little tiny TVs in their room. And so we're watching the Super Bowl on this thing that's maybe as big as this table. And um, the funny thing about it was, like, my wife was like, super into it. And I'm like, babe, you don't watch football at all. I don't know why you get so excited for the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. to her, it's like a thing. Like. <laughs> She doesn't really even know necessarily how the game is played. Like, I'm still years later explaining certain parts of the game. Because she'll be like, why aren't they catching it? I'm like, well, it's not that easy. You don't just go, time to catch the ball. Right. I'm like, I don't know if you understand how hard it is to, like, pull off a play. And, um, but she gets, like, really into, like, 
into it, but as an unbiased watcher. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, um, <laughs> you know, and she'll say stuff. I'm like, you, you do know that's defense, right? You're, you're not. Anyway. My mom is infamous for that. She'll root for the wrong team every game. She like she she doesn't know who's playing for what. She right, absolutely. Like she literally doesn't. But she gets really into it, especially when my son was playing, like pop Warner football or like the few. I've done a few. Um, I'm sorry. I've done one NFL game. <laughs> I should say like I'm like a pro at this. But I, the one time we did an NFL game, uh, we had phenomenal tickets, and so we were like up in the box seats watching the whole game. She got like really into the game but really had no idea what was happening. Right. Which I appreciate that. But the point was, <laughs> I'm exhausted because I just came back. I'm sitting in this room, and, in my son's room, and we're watching the game, and and she would kind of leave or come back and be like, oh, they still haven't scored. She's very <laughs> upset about the, the lack of scoring. Uh, and I'm trying to explain, like, the nuances, and it's just, she's not really, she didn't really care. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, I I do a tweet just about every year that the Patriots play, which has been a lot of this tweet because obviously they've been in the Super Bowl for you know seventeen years. It's crazy right. to think that Brady is like two years younger than me. Right. Like I'm blown away at that. Like that a guy to still be that dominant. Right. Absolutely. Way past his expiration date. Um. You know. I, I won't admit it out loud, but I was definitely cheering for the Pats. I know it's the team you're supposed to hate. You're supposed to cheer for the underdog. But, like, I love excellence. Like, when you can do something in excellence, like, I my hat's off, you know. You know, I kind of had some similar thoughts because I was definitely rooting for the Rams. I wanted to see the Rams win. But in the back of my mind, I was like, what if Tom Brady gets another ring and he earned it? That's he earned dope. it. Like, you like, can't hate awesome. on a guy that earned it. Right. Now, they would say, oh, he's deflate gate, and he's right. like, you know, Belichick pays off the refs and all this stuff. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, every year I do the same tweet when I watch the Patriots play because, just to be transparent, like, being a white guy who played wide receiver, especially in South Florida, you know, it was very rare. So, like, I had to, like, get by on, like, good hands or like ability to run good routes but even then I never you know I never really played mm-hmm. um, so when I see just to be transparent when I see like a white guy playing wide receiver at the NFL level I'm like holy crap you know like this guy defied the odds so to speak and then when I'm watching the Patriots it's two white guys playing wide receiver a white guy playing tight end and then a white guy playing running back Right, and then the white guy's the quarterback, and I'm not trying to be racial. It's just I tend to pick up on that stuff, and so every year I've tweeted just about the same tweet, which is, and I'll, I'll sometimes live tweet the game. I don't tweet a lot. I just tweet what my normal social media stuff is. I don't sit there and like talk out loud as much. But every year I play, I tweet something like, <laughs> "I haven't seen many this many white guys playing skill positions since my '89 Pop Warner team," <laughs> right? And it's just meant to be a joke. It's never right. meant to be like, yay, we're back, baby. It's never meant to be like that. But right. it's meant to poke fun at what would be a stereotype or it's meant to poke fun at, you know. It's, look, it's the elephant in the room. I have no problem pointing out the elephant in the right. room. Because it's just a rare thing. It's mm-hmm. rare. It's not as rare maybe to see skilled wide receivers at, at white guys. 
but you never see white receiver corner. You never see white guys at cornerback, and you rarely see white guys at running back. Right. So, I don't know. It was like, wait a minute. Like, is this something Belichick is like purposely doing? <laughs> and even the guys that like are on the team, they're they're kind of no name guys. I mean, Gronkowski would be a right. pretty pretty big pretty big guy, but the other dudes, like, and then you and then I go down the rabbit trail. Of like, wait a minute! You're telling me Edelman was a quarterback? Like this guy was drafted as a quarterback? He wasn't even drafted. And I love a good underdog story. Right. So that made me go, white or black, it really doesn't matter. Just the fact that you can be, take your crappy circumstances mm-hmm. and like, make something out of it. You know that dumb phrase, making lemonade out of lemons. I'm like, why are lemons? <laughs> why are lemons the fruit of discontentment? <laughs> but anyway. You know, and I make this joke every year, right? And, I, and this year I even made the same joke and then literally wrote in parentheses, old joke had to be said or something <laughs> like that. And usually what I would do, I even thought about doing this and I wanted to write at the end of that, and now I prophesy the rebuke is coming. <laughs> <laughs> because inevitably most people get the joke. Most right. people know that I'm not trying to be racial, but yeah, I am simultaneously... I, I feel like we're at such a we're at we're at such a weird time that we're all scared to talk about the thing that we're all thinking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're all scared of offending somebody and I'm like, dude, let's pull it all out. Let's talk about it. Let's get offended. Who cares? Like even in offense there's an ability to like find common ground. Right. But inevitably, I'm not joking, every year that I tweet that Ninety-five percent of it's flag. positive. There's always one white guy. It's <laughs> always a white guy because I click on the thing and I look. There's always a white guy that rebukes me <laughs> for this tweet, and and it's always like it's always loaded with a Jesus juke and like and a big fat scripture rebuke, right? And it usually goes something like, "Yo, man, we're all the same in Christ." God don't see no color, you know, <laughs> Jew or Greek, da 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 and it's like this really heavy-handed, like, and it, it always is from a white person saying, We're, we should be colorblind, man, you know, God doesn't see color, da 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 and I'm like, first of all, that's unbiblical, right, because if you look at it, the way the guy, and of course, it happened, like, the guy hit me with the, <laughs> he hit me with the, the Jesus Duke rebuke. And it, but his was like, you know, on Judgment Day, God's not going to judge you by your color. Which literally has nothing to do with what I said in my tweet. And I just had to, like, respond, like... I think my response was like, well, there it is! <laughs> oh, man. And rather than the person being like, oh, I fell into the same trap everybody else. He was like, whether that's true or not, man, we got to, like... Obey scripture. I don't know what he said. It was totally, again, over your head, under your knees. And I wanted to go back and basically say, you know, you're quoting me, you're quoting me Revelation, and you're using this, like, judgment seat of Christ. And I'm like, you know, it literally says in that same context, every nation, every tribe, every da-da-da-da-da. And if that's not racial, I don't know what it is. Like, you're basically saying in heaven, God acknowledges the fact that there will be so many different shades so many different backgrounds and you're telling me God doesn't want anything to do with talking about color Mm -hmm. and I can show you scripturally right there 
Or, you know, it talks about in Isaiah where, you know, Isaiah says, can the leopard change his spots or can the Ethiopian change his skin? In other words, drawing attention to that, obviously an Ethiopian would have been browner or darker than a Middle Eastern Jew. You know, using that as an example, I'm like, right. that's another acknowledgement of skin color, right? So when right. people go, Bible doesn't talk about skin color, that's a construct, that's a new, I'm like, nah, man, like, you know, Solomon's wife said, dark am I yet lovely. <laughs> she didn't say, we're all colorblind, kumbaya. And I get, I get the underlying thing of what they're trying to say. Yeah, obviously, yes. We should be, we shouldn't be so focused on color that we use that to discriminate. Right. But also, we shouldn't be so colorblind that we forget to celebrate our each other's each other's differences. Right. Absolutely. Like those are things to be celebrated, not swept under the guise of, you know. So I was ready to hit them with full barrels. But my resolution in 2019 is to stop arguing on Twitter (laughs) as much as humanly possible. And so I did just let it go. Like, I'm like, all right, man, you know, and and then inevitably when you read their timelines, it's laced with so much like heavy handed scripture. Right, right. And they're like, they're, they're, they're like Twitter rebukers. (laughs) Like that's their ministry is to go on Twitter and just find people to like be Debbie, scripture Debbie Downers. (laughs) You know. Like, it'd be like me going like, oh man, this, this, this cafe colada is great. You know what's really great? The joy of the Lord. <laughs> yeah, right. Over-spiritualize it. Over-spiritualizing everything and under-spiritualizing everything simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. You know. Right. Have you ever experienced like that or someone with that sort of mentality? Yeah, like, <laughs> there's some people uh, at my church where, <laughs> so I really like writing and every time I want to write something, like, oh man, is it really like glorifying Jesus? And like, <laughs> you mean writing? You mean just like writing? An writing essay? anything? Yeah, it could be. Well, no, like writing a short story or writing a poem or anything. Like, I'm like, because of who I am, like my character, I'm glorifying Jesus. But I don't necessarily have to like say Jesus in the poem. Like sometimes I'm just writing about you, nature. You, know, or something. you know what we call that? JPMs. JPMs? Jesus per minutes. Like <laughs> yeah. some people have a certain requirement of a certain level of JPMs in your song. Anyway, you went five lines without saying Jesus. Yeah, Is like, that it's pointing? Too long. It's too long. Are you glorifying the creator? I'm like, yeah, I think I am. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll encounter that sometimes. Where I had some, I had, there's a lady that like would always ask me. She's like, "So when's your book coming out?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm not really focused on writing a book right now." She's like, "Oh, just your talents. Like you need to write a book for God." <laughs> I'm like, I was like, you know, I, I mean, I write for God all the time, uh, but I'm just not centered for a book right now. <laughs> but she, every time I'd come home to visit, so when's that book coming? Oh out? my gosh, is she a Karen? Is she, she a, she's no, a full blown Karen. No, she's not really a Karen. No, she's not. Let's define the Karen term. Karen, the Karen term is a sweet catch-all phrase that I use for slightly middle-aged, you know, short haircut, maybe asymmetrical haircut. (laughs) She, uh, (laughs) she's very passionate about essential oils. (laughs) She's, uh, she's maybe had one or two run-ins with a manager at, at certain food establishments. Potentially soccer mom. Potentially. You know, people say soccer mom, but I don't think I've actually ever met a soccer mom. Really? Yeah, like I, 
I've met gymnastic moms, football moms. Maybe that's the new wave. Cheer moms. I don't think I've ever met a soccer mom. Like that stereotype, right, I don't right. really know if that's even accurate anymore. Maybe it just doesn't work down here with football, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, football Karen, there is probably a Karen right now <laughs> gassing up the minivan. Gassing up the minivan. Yeah. God bless Karens because they've really financially provided for my career sometimes. So Amen. God bless the Karens too. Amen. But anyway, um, so so she hits you with the She hits me with book. the book idea. And I'm like, I mean, I... I it's not that I'm opposed to writing a book someday. It's just not the right time. It's just not the right time. And it's just the <laughs> forceful pressure that it has to be right about Jesus. I'm like, right. it, whether I want to write about like my testimony, like Jesus is incorporated in that, right. or if, I, if or I'm writing about if God wants me to write about leadership or whatever it is. Yeah. Like I, I feel like the way that I'll be writing it, I'm going to be honoring God, but it just feels like this, like, yeah, you're shoving a square into a circle. Right, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, you write this book. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I know you're a good writer, so write this book. <laughs> that, do it. It's, it's almost like she's like, I have an idea that I've always wanted to write about. You do it. She's vicariously living through you. Potentially, yeah. Oh, that's, that, that's, that's almost what it feels pressure. like. I don't even know if that's necessarily what it is, but you sometimes that could be. She always wanted to be the gymnastics girl, <laughs> and you are now the gymnastics boy. There it is. You have to learn the double half round off top <laughs> thing whatever that is um, you know it's funny you say that I think probably as I've grown in the faith and as I've grown in life and grown in age I think I've probably gotten more grace for people like that mm -hmm. like because no question I was that guy as a teenager as a brand right. new Christian kid like I was like would, I remember I wouldn't go on I wouldn't go on the the haunted. I wouldn't go on the haunted uh, the haunted thing at Disney, the haunted <laughs> house ride at Disney. Not because I was scared of these fake ghosts, which I'm sure I'd seen since I was a little kid, but it was demonic. Yeah. And I could not be riding through and supporting demonic entities. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and looking back, I'm like, that's so stupid. Like, it's not even <laughs> biblical. It's not scriptural. But like, I grew past that. You know. I, you know, and I think about Paul when Paul says, you know, it's the young believer that's like, has, can't eat meat sacrificed to idols. Right. You know, they have all these rules and restrictions and Paul goes, yeah, smash them. No, he's like, look, just show them a little bit of like understanding. Right. So like when I've been challenged is to like, yeah, you might want to poke fun at people like that and you can get a little bit of a laugh off their hysteria, but... I have to at least maybe understand that some of it comes from a pure place. You right. Know, whether absolutely. it's misguided, it's still kind of coming from a pure place. So I'm learning to be better about, you know, those type of people that... The only time I get concerned is, like, when they never grow past that. Like, right. you've been that way your whole walk. Now I'm wondering whether or not, you know, this is just a traditional mindset. It has nothing to do with Scripture. Like, probably for me, like, eventually I was, like, confronted with Scripture where I'm like, wait a minute. This is running into my cultural Christianity and my scripture has right. to trump it. But anyway, um, that just made me think of something else that I'm blanking out on. But um, the other last thing I wanted to kind of talk about, which I thought, this is the other thing I saw. And this is my other tweet, which actually got more tweet, more retweets than my first tweet. Um, I made a... Sometimes I'll tweet something because I'm literally thinking out loud. And I tweeted 
uh, you know, when I'm, I'm watching the Maroon 5 thing, and um, can't say I'm a huge Maroon 5 fan, but I can appreciate, I like his vocal tone, I like the song, you know, I think he writes very good, catchy pop songs. Right. You know, and he kind of has a hip-hop aesthetic. Like, I was watching him mouthing all the words from, like, Travis Scott and, like, Big Boy, you know. So you know he's, like, a hip-hop guy, so right. part of me, again, feels like an akin to that. But as, obviously, as, like, you know, as the show's progressing, he's taking off one more piece of clothing <laughs> item until he's down to his tank top. And, uh, and so, obviously, at the very end, like, he takes off the tank top and he looks like a Chipotle bag because he's all tatted <laughs> up. But, yep. you know, the guy was in good shape, and so then it just went full-blown Magic Mike, you know what I mean, like <laughs> gyrating the hips or whatever for the female fans in the front. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, that's what you're trying to do. Okay, I get it. <laughs> and I tweeted, um, uh, I tweeted, uh, the minute Levine took his shirt off, every man turned and looked at his woman and tried to see what her reaction was. Yep. Right, you know what I mean? So that's when, like, male insecurity would come out or whatever. Um, and uh, and so I tweeted that. Didn't even think really much about it. And uh, I was just watching retweet after retweet, <laughs> retweet, like, or a little comment, you know, uh, or whatever. And I thought, uh, I thought that was just funny that, because then I saw this sort of, like, on Monday or Tuesday, this sort of backlash to him where it was like, all the memes started coming out you know people were saying oh that was the worst Super Bowl performance ever right but you knew that if you were like a single female somewhere in the 20 to 40 range that was the best Super Bowl I ever watched well I mean I even think of like that that reminds me of when Justin Bieber first got really popular all the guys were like dude I hate him he sounds like a girl right he hasn't yeah. hit puberty yet. Right. He has the bowl cut. Right. But it was only because. But then every was boy jealous. got that haircut. Right. It was <laughs> everyone was just jealous of what he had because all the girls love Justin Bieber. Right. Everybody, like all the girls. I think there is something in the male psyche that gets threatened. Yeah. When another guy is the quote unquote alpha. Right. So you have Even two if choices. He's untouchable. There's yeah. no way. There's, there's something in the male psyche that goes, uh, "Well, I don't like that guy." Right. Yeah. It's like, absolutely. why don't you like that guy? Well. Probably because the girl you like doesn't like you and likes him. Yeah. You know, there is probably, like, a king of the hill mentality. Absolutely. Um, but then the, the thing that I saw was very interesting that I thought about was that this sort of undercurrent backlash of saying, well, why does Adam Levine get to go shirtless? And, you know, Janet Jackson was essentially, you know, completely... Um, uh, you know, her, it was a it was career ending, right? With the quote unquote wardrobe malfunction, right? Of her exposing, you know, her breast when on accident or whatever, right? Right. Um, they're like, why is this double standard? You know, but I'm like, well, it's a double standard because that's how it is at the beach. Like, what? Right. Like, what? What do you? You know, and it kind of made me think about, you know. Uh, even myself personally, this is an interesting thing that happened to me last week where one of my fans had somehow dug up a picture that I had posted shirtless on the beach. Like it was my birthday or something like I had gone to the beach or something like that. <laughs> and because they commented on it, it came back up at the forefront of my Facebook. Right. And 
I think I was doing something stupid in the picture. Like I had a shoe on my head for some reason. Don't ask me why. <laughs> like this dumb look on my face. But you know, like my wife's in the picture with me. There was nothing by any means sexual about it, or even like. And I'm way more careful about pictures like that now, especially being in a pastoral sense. Right. Absolutely. Because of the, the backlash. Well, this guy, he finds the picture, and he he writes. And he's probably listening to this podcast, so shout out to you, Justin, because you're my homie and we go way back. But um, he said something like, oh, I wanted to show this picture to my wife because you have a sick bod. <laughs> I'm like, this is really uncomfortable right now. I don't even know how to process this. Maybe hey, what do you we, say to that? <laughs> I just wrote, I guess we're, we've hit a whole new level of our friendship. <laughs> and um, anyway, there wasn't like some weird controversy about the picture or whatever, but... The point being was that um, I just I just thought about <laughs> intention, right? right? Intention is so important. Like people pick up on your intention. Like I took a picture of me at the beach because I'm just at the beach and it's a dumb picture. And I even wrote I recaptioned the picture and I wrote I have no idea what I'm doing in this picture, right? I really don't remember why I was doing that. Like, why I balanced a shoe on my head for no particular reason. I have like, no idea. clearly not a flex. You weren't trying to... Yeah, it was never about that. Like, it was just yeah. like... you're. And, and, and something I try to do from my own social media is I do want you to see most of my life. Right. You know what I mean? I don't want you to see one part of it. Yeah. Like, I want you to see that this is everything about me. And that's right. how I've governed my music, my life, my everything. And so... Anyway, I don't know if I would do another picture like that now in the capacity that I'm in because there are, you know, it, it is true that, like, you know, teachers will be judged more severely. Right. You know, Absolutely. but you could, you knew with Adam Levine, he's not at the beach. Like, this dude is like, you're in front of half the nation with no other point than trying to sell sex. Right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And yeah. so... I think people can see through that, whether it is male or female, mm-hmm. you know. Or maybe he just wants to sell Chipotle, <laughs> Chipotle bags. <laughs> he starts throwing them out. But I did one thing. I thought, and I was curious to see what you think about this. And we'll probably wrap up. But um, someone said, "Why is he? Why is he shirtless? This is a family event." Like, do families go to the beach? You know, like, do they go to the pool? Like. I know what they mean. They mean, right. like, why is he overtly pushing... Right, right, right. You know... He could have a list A of magic mic persona, per se. I, I didn't even watch it, so I literally have no idea how he did it, if he just, like, tore off his shirt or whatever. But I can imagine... It was the last, like, 30 seconds of his song. It moves like Jagger, basically. Oh, so... Made. So he built to that point. So it wasn't at all, like... Yo, I'm sweating. I got it. No, it would, dude. It, it it was like okay. overtly like he was grinding the hips and like you know, <laughs> uh, he was like you knew it. Like, right. It's obviously what you're trying to do, and you've made it the last thing, so you want to do so the you, last thing that people yeah. remember. Which, in my humble opinion, I think that takes away from your art. Right. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you just made it about your music and your art and your songs, and you know, and there was that other controversy was that a lot of people had turned down the Super Bowl because of Colin Kaepernick. Right. You know. And 
you know, I thought it was interesting you brought out Big Boy, who doesn't really have any big hit right now, but it was just really just to show love to Atlanta. Yeah, I didn't even know who Big Boy was. Big Boy from Outkast. I don't, I don't listen to Outkast. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I guess I listen to Andre Three Stacks. Well, you know, do you know the songs like, I Like the Way You Move? I Like the Way You Move. Do, do, do. This is definitely an age problem here. <laughs> um, either way, I thought it was a nice nod to an Atlanta staple, so to speak. Gotcha. You know, but people were like, SpongeBob was the best thing of the Super Bowl performance. Yeah, I heard something about that as well. I don't even know what happened. So, anyway, um, yeah, all in all, that's my thoughts. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Big shout out to Steven, the intern, for your internicities. My internicities. Your internal internis- mm. internisableness. Mm. Those are good words. Interniziness. Are you rapping right now? Or? <laughs> I'm actually... Uh, it's a freestyle. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing mumble, mumble rap. Mumble rap. <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any comments or thoughts, please... Uh, feel free to post up where you see this. Drop a drop a thing in there. Maybe we'll use your comment in the next podcast. And uh, y'all have a wonderful day. And uh, keep your shirts on, people. All right, y'all.